This podcast replay is brought to you by 3A Sports Graphics. 3A Sports Graphics is more than shirts. They're passionate about the custom gear that brings what you love to life. Call them at 786-251-3404. Let's get to our 3A Graphics Sports calendar. Last night, the Heat got it done again against the Sixers, 109-104, man. Back-to-back terrific wins without Terry, without Jimmy, without Butler. Uh, That's amazing. Uh, Duncan had 20 points, 5 of 7. Bam, 23. Tyler, 23. Highsmith added 16. Uh, They are off again, you know, All-Star Weekend. They're off till next Friday, the 23rd. They'll visit New Orleans. The Panthers, best team in town. They uh, took care of the Penguins, 5-2 on the road. They improved to 35-14-4. Lundell with two goals. Kachuk had a goal and two assists. Bob had 25 saves Thursday. They're at Buffalo. Uh, Clemson defeated UM in basketball, 77-60. They've got BC on the road on Saturday at 4 o'clock. The Lady Canes tonight are back in action, number 19, Syracuse, taking on Miami at the Watsko Center. So let's see if uh, Katie Meyer and the ladies can get back on track. And uh, NSU on Saturday at 4 o'clock at Palm Beach Atlantic University. That is your 3A graphics sports calendar. Uh, I'm going to get to some Dolphins here. I want to talk a little Anthony Weaver with you guys. Uh, But I also want to talk a little bit, you know, mentioning the Heat. We, uh, We gave a ton of praise last year to Duncan Robinson. We were very critical of Duncan Robinson two and three years ago that he was a very limited player. If he couldn't shoot, he really wasn't facilitating. He wasn't rebounding. He wasn't defending. Uh, He really couldn't attack the rim. He couldn't put the ball in the court. None of that. And to his credit, and and to, of course, Eric Spolster's credit, who apparently ran his ass into the ground to become a better player and challenged him, And to Duncan's credit, he understood he had to become a better player, and he did it last year. He started showing signs towards the end of the season before, but really showed it last year. Unlike Bam Adebayo, who's never broken through to become like a franchise player and be able to like enforce himself offensively, uh, Duncan has. And he has become a more complete player last night. 23 points, 13 rebounds. I'm sorry, 20 points, 4 assists. Last night, five of seven from three-point range. You see him rebounding. You see him constantly getting assists. He is, I mean, what was it the night before? With, uh, where was that? Uh, 23 points, three rebounds, five assists, two steals, a block. These are things that just was not in his repertoire. And you got to remember where Duncan came from, from nothing. The Heat saw something there. And then they've polished up this diamond to compete. It wasn't just, okay, we'll make you a shooter. No, now you've got more than Jason Capono. No, no, you can do a lot more than Jason Capono. And sure enough, he's helping you in rebounding. He's setting people up. He's picking up a steal or two. He's getting a block every once in a while. You know, this is, this is something that it reminds me a lot of another Miami Heat player. Yeah. This reminds me a lot. Who do you think it reminds me of? And he may become the second of it in this franchise's history.
We may just have picked up another Udonis Haslam. You ever thought of that? He just continues to get better and better as a player, an all-around player. I, again, do not confuse. I'm not comparing the players. I'm comparing the origins, both undrafted, both unpolished. Udonis is overweight, out of shape, wasn't really the player that you, you ended up seeing, and, and he got better as a Heat player, and he became a guy you can count on, a clutch mid-range shooter, a hell of a defender, a fearless defender. He helped you in many ways. Duncan is superior to UD when it comes to offense and shooting, right? You know what I'm saying? He plays without the ball better than UD and those kind of things. UD will have a better post game, obviously a better interior player because he's bigger and tougher and all that. But my point is, these are two players they've picked up out of nothing. Complete coal. And you polish them both up to be diamonds. And the pace now that Duncan is on, he's only pacing to get better as a player. And that becomes just an absolute steal. You, you, you do realize you could be retiring Duncan's number. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, it's crazy. What, what if Duncan starts doing this for 10 more seasons? Or eight more seasons? You know, he's going to become one of those beloved players because you've had him from the beginning to the end. You know, the things the Marlins can't ever do? You ever, you know, those kind of things? So this is amazing that you get to have him from infancy all the way through possibly retirement because he fits exactly what you need. And to his credit, two years ago, <laughs> he... He was going to be part of a trade somewhere. You were like, oh, man, we got to unload a first-rounder to unload Duncan. That's what we were talking about. That's how bad it was. Nobody's going to want that contract. You're going to have to give up a first-rounder to get rid of Duncan. Now you will have teams lined up to give you a pick or two for Duncan now. But if I'm the Heat, I would never let go of, of, of Duncan Robinson because – Duncan is kind of like UD, the guy that won't turn into a superstar but can turn into a franchise-type player, not like the, 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 those normal. I'm talking about like, like those franchise players that are like really, really good and they're with you for a long, long time. You know what I'm saying? That they, they're part of your culture, you know, that kind of stuff. Because UD is not really a superstar. He's not really talent-wise where Timmy and Alonzo and Wade are. Forget it. And I know they put LeBron up there, too, and, and, and uh, Shaq. He's not there, right? And neither is Duncan. But the importance to your team, to have a guy like that forever, to have Nat Moore in your organization. Nat Moore is my favorite Dolphin receiver, but I'll tell you, he's not Paul Warfield, and he's not Nat Moore. I mean, he's not um, a Duper, and he's not Clayton. Okay? He's the next level under those guys. But you have to have Nat Moores on your franchise. You, you must have a Nat Moore on your franchise. You must have a Jim Jensen on your franchise. You know, you must have, and that's to a lesser extent. But I'm talking about those players, Troy Brown for the New England Patriots. Is he going to be considered Wes Welker? Never. But is he a guy that should be treasured by Patriot fans? F yeah, dude. F yeah. You definitely want that. What was the uh, was it Kelso, the special teamer for the Buffalo Bills? 
It was like a killer special teams player for like, yeah, Mark Kelso, right? Like for 10, 12, 15 years or something. Was that, wasn't it Kelso? I think it was. One, one of those, you know, every, not every franchise, but franchises every once in a while end up with one of those guys. And it's one of those guys you want to keep around forever because they're just good for you, period. They're good for your team. They're good for your culture. They're good for your fan base, all that kind of stuff. So that's what I was thinking about Duncan Robinson, that he's on a pace that five years from now we may end up like you appreciate him now that you didn't appreciate him in two years ago because he didn't deserve that kind of appreciation. Now he does. And could he end up with UD-like appreciation five years from now? That's the interesting part. Duncan Robinson. All right. Steve Calibro is in the house. Uh, Big O, did you watch the Anthony Weaver interview? Yes, and I'm going to talk about the Anthony Weaver interview after we talk to Steve Calibro. We will talk about the Anthony Weaver interview, and we'll get into a a couple of other things uh, for Dolphins-wise. So we'll get into that, my friends. All right. Let's uh, give him the mic at least for the moment. And, and as uh, Jeff Spicoli would say, pot him up, okay? Or Wiz Khalifa, or Snoop Dogg, or the people in the smoking hot slots. Yes. We had a big jackpot the other day, too. Smoking yeah, hot slots? Just outside the smoking hot slots. Okay. Linked to the smoking hot slots, but right inside. All right. And they hit? Big. Just under 100,000. Wow. Just under 100. It's not bad. Buy yourself a nice car. Yeah, or you can win a free one here starting in March. March 1st. Mach-E. I was going to say Mach 1. Mach-E. You're old. You can say Mach 1 and Mach 2 and Mach 3. Yeah, You know I had a Mach 3? Did you? I had a Mustang Mach 3. Nice car. I never had a Mustang. It had had that square back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What year? In the 70s? 72, I want to say it was. My sister had like a 67. All right. A different body. 302. Oh, not a mock. She had a regular Mustang. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. She had a fastback. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Okay. Nice. Nice. It probably yeah. worked about 100000 now. <laughs> I think those Stangs are some of the best American very cool. cars very ever cool. made, dude. They're very cool. Ever I, made. It's like the old Thunderbirds. I was a hippie. Yeah? Yeah, I had so the- So you uh, had a Volkswagen? No, no. Van? I, no, I wasn't that much of a hippie. Oh, okay. I had a van, oh, though. Yeah. Speaking of Spicoli. <laughs> yeah, I was sort of like that. But my friends were. So I had a Dodge van with the, you know, the sunset on the side of the there vehicle. There you go. You know? That's very 70s. Yeah, wood, wood bumpers. Very stained, 70s. 60s, stained, 70s. Right? The, and then the- all carpeting, shag, shag carpeting, totally. shag carpeting in the in the back in the uh, you know inside, and then with big speakers like you know the speakers that were like you know eighteen inches by about three feet tall, two of them. That's what I had, and the engine was right in the middle. Like so, when the engine overheated. It was right here, next to your thigh. Oh, you know? okay. So you had a heater. Yeah. <laughs> it was good for the winter. Yeah, in the summer I had a heater, yeah. <laughs> when it overheated. It was kind of nice. Yeah. 67 Dodge. And I lived in a shitty neighborhood, a, a bad neighborhood, not a shitty, what, what did I say there? A bad neighborhood. And my eight-track player got robbed three times. Damn, dude. <laughs> yeah, they just wanted that eight-track player. Damn. They didn't want the vehicle. They wanted the eight-track player. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that, that happened to me once. I, I had my, uh, my Camaro. Parked outside my house. Yeah. And, uh, my house. and I walked out, and my Pioneer Super Tuner 
Cassette. Damn. It wasn't eight track. It was cassette. Yeah, I'm a little older than you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, well, I had the eight track, but I had it when I was a kid at home. Yeah, I had it in when the I big was big old Magnavox or Zenith uh, yeah. stereo systems that were all all in one. You know, we, yeah, we the all had wood, the fake wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. all had one of those yeah, in yeah, our yeah, homes. Great, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. You know, it had the record player, it had the eight track. Record player. Oh, yeah. that's showing your age. Oh, you had the record player. Not only did you have the record player, but you had the 45 thing on the side if you needed it. Yeah, for the, yeah. The, the, the adapter, records. the adapter, yeah. And, now, then on, and then you would adjust it to either 45, 78, or what was it? Uh, oh, yeah, the speed. You could play it faster. Or, or, yeah, 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 right. Where there was different speeds. 30, and then you, 33, 45, 78. That's and then to fix the record player, you know, so the, the record would spin, and then the needle would be on it. So we'd put a penny on, right on top just to put a little more weight down on... Get that baby into it. Re- really reading the music. If you if you if you look at my at my techniques twelve hundred turntable techniques are they still in business? Uh, I I have it at home. I have two techniques twelve hundred turntables at home. You have two turntables. Oh yeah yeah. I have, it's part of my stereo system. I I haven't connected them lately. I put them away because the records are also put away. But I I think uh, very soon I'm going to do a remodeling. Where I'm going to put all of that back. Retro. Right. Retro and, records. And if you go look at the needles, each of them have a penny. Yeah, man. To it. <laughs> I guess a quarter or a nickel would have been heavier, no, right? No, we only use a penny. <laughs> well, you, don't yeah. want to get, you didn't want to put like, take a quarter out of inventory. You, yeah. you needed that quarter. Yeah. The penny you could deal with. <laughs> One day, if I'm completely broke, I know where I can find two pennies. <laughs> okay? That's, uh, that's kind of where it's at, man. Hey, listen... Uh, I'm really disappointed in the Jersey guy. He missed it. You got it, and he didn't have it. The Jersey wise guy didn't have it. I gave him a lot of crap. He claims that the the San Francisco uh, defense didn't show up in the final. Dra- the they final. took the greatest player <laughs> in the game to overtime. What more do you want from him? Hold him. Your hold o- hold your, him at a 75 yard. <laughs> your offense needs to show up and and score sevens, not threes. I know. You're but, playing Mahomes, bro. But think about this. You cannot exchange. You can't go to a gunfight with a butter knife. <laughs> so go, think about this, though. In defense, and you're not going to agree, it sounds like. In defense of Brock Purdy, the game's in overtime. He gets the ball. He gets his team to be leading. Well, I have no Can problem the, with Brock Purdy. But can't the defense do what they're supposed to do? Hold it. Hold it hold the world's greatest player i don't know i mean look I, highest I, I, paid defensive guy in the, in the league you know he ran like twice in the third quarter i know I, well he ran twice in the in the, in the you, overtime you know, you know that that this guy and our guy do the same shit all the time you what, 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 say that again you are, i mean mahomes no 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 oh, Mahomes. oh you mean oh mick oh oh you're talking about yes shanahan, on- shanahan and mcdaniel they yes. do the same shit. Way too many you pass plays. You may have plays. lived in a shitty neighborhood. They do the same shit. Wait, wait, wait. At they the abandon g- the run. At they, the game. You don't have the quarterback to be slinging it 50 times. That's not who Purdy is. Listen, I had a, I had a, a By group. By the way, that's not who Tua is either. I had a group of people over my house, right? Right before the game starts, I said, hey, the one girl, the one girl's big, you know, they're going to win. North Niners are going to win. I said, listen, I mean, I know Shanahan's a good coach and all, but... Just to give you some data, he was the offensive coordinator when Atlanta gave right. up a 28-point lead to the, to the Patriots. And he lost the 10-point lead last year. And, and, and he lost the 10-point lead in four years ago 
and they ended up scoring, you know, Kansas City scored 21 points. So he's had two colossal fourth quarter, four, you know, collapses. Three now. And now three. Now three. Uh, the third one wasn't as gross, but, but it, it was still it wasn't, a, still. It a, wasn't the defensive still, coordinator's fault. It was dude. still calling too many pass plays. And yes, your our guy does. And now I understand our guy, your guy, our guy. It's oh, they the came same the, tree. They come from the same school. It's the same I get it. habitual mistakes. And they want to. Are f- constantly made. Passing on every down. And, and you know, I find it to be the most cowardice thing that Shanahan fired uh, Steve Wilkes. Because, yeah. dude, you're the one that continues to do the same thing. And you stifle your own team. Because you think Matt Ryan should be throwing the ball with a 25-point lead when, brother, the only guy I want to go mano a mano with Mahomes in this league right now, his name is Joe Burrow. And that, and it's over. Yeah. There's nobody else. And even no and even that, even that, I think Mahomes would win that one. Of course, but my no. point is, because I think there's no, there's no quarterback at that level right now. That's that, that dude is the man. You know what I he mean? He is. And I think Steve Wilkes did a fabulous job overall. But you you got you got to do your wow, job as that, an offensive coordinator. No, and I'll tell you what bro. he did. He didn't do his job. You know what he did. Shanahan basically saved his job. I got to save face, save my job. Right, right. I got to blame somebody else. It's right, pass certainly not me. You know, I'm Mike Shanahan's son. I must be the greatest. And so I'm just going to dump somebody. Just like he Nick. has the same mastermind attitude. That's what we used to call his dad, mastermind. Well, that, that was his nickname, mastermind, because he could never be wrong and he was always right. Right. They, they, only their way works. Now look, it's the same thing. It's the same thing that, and I said it in previous broadcasts. Nick Sirianni did the same thing. It's he, in October. He's saying it's my offense. Then they don't have a, they they fall apart in the last six weeks, and he fires his offensive coordinator. I thought it was your offense. Right. Why don't you fire yourself? Right. You know Sirianni, but, but that's what all the Eagle fans. And are. you're influencing your offensive coordinator constantly. Yeah, exactly. So, so please, dude, come on. You know, so anyhow, but yeah, that's so the Shanahan thing was at the Super Bowl. Look, let's just say what say for what it was. It was a very exciting game oh, to it was watch. A great game. I mean, everybody that I saw, literally, there was three hours when you didn't know who was going to win. I just want to thank. At any point, I, I want to thank them for. It was a great, I want to thank the live line. It was well, the live line was great. Uh, you know, we talked about it earlier. I had it at. I I bet the first bet at two points, Kansas City. Then I bet one and a half points. Remember, I was in conflict, and you know, I was the, I was the man in conflict. I was uh, I was kind of hoping for Brock to get some respect from the NFL. But does the wise guy know that you didn't take his advice? You took Yeah, mine? he's pissed off at me. Oh, okay. He's big time pissed off. But then I said, I said, look, I'm glad I, and I told him I bet, I bet Kansas City and I made three different bets. I made a, a two point bet, Kansas City getting two, one and a half points and then getting five and a half during the game. Four, five or five and a half. I think I got five and a half, you know, because it was like they were up seven. I guess the Niners were seven, so I got oh, five. Tell the wise guys. See, I sit here and I talk crypto too, and I gave people, hey, go get oh, a little crypto. sailor, a little sailor, a little kryptonite, right? It's up fifty-five percent in the last week. <laughs> you know, so you made yourself a little money. You know, I talk about neutron all the time. Well, you know, it's only up seventy-one percent this week. How about Bitcoin I mean, itself I, in the last year? Are you uh, kidding me? It's up. Uh, uh, I got it all the way at sixteen at sixteen thousand. Yeah, so, yeah, so I, it's up. Two hundred percent, three hundred percent. I am well aware. Uh, Bitcoin, by the way, is up one hundred and eleven percent in the last year. Yeah, okay. it's pretty good. Yeah, you're damn right. It's pretty good. <laughs> I, I don't have anybody coming at me anymore with Bitcoin. But I do work like they don't get. No, it. but I, I tell you what, though, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I get as I get it as an investment. People are making a lot of money. 
and now I'm going to sound like a goody two-shoes, but I just have a hard time investing in Bitcoin and Bitcoin's what the criminal, criminals use. That's bullshit. No, but... That's all complete, the, dude. No, please. all the cyber, all that's the cyber. All, that's bullshit. That's I'm com- gonna give you. I'm it, gonna give you one. Listen, listen, listen. I know more about this business than all those all idiots right, you're listening to. Well, no, 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 no. I'm gonna no, ask no, you a question. No, no, I'm gonna no, get. No. I'm gonna tell you what's going on, so I can cut you off already. <laughs> all right. They want you to be in love with the dollar, the dollar that they've printed 30 trillion times in the last four presidents. Who's they? That's that's Bush, Obama. Oh yeah, those guys. Yeah, Trump, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get Biden it. Biden have it. printed 30 trillion dollars. They know. That Bitcoin is the currency of the world now. They understand that it's going to destroy them. That's why BlackRock, who doesn't give a shit, and ARK Investments and the richest and the strongest and the smartest people in the world. Listen to me. It's not, uh, it's not a mineral. No. It's not, it's not a... It's not a... A natural resource. It's not a natural resource. I get it. The, the most precious commodity in the world is not a diamond. It's not a ruby. It's not a gas. It's not any. It's a mathematical solution. That's what it is. That's what it's come down to. Why? Because the mathematical solution cannot be solved. And the mathematical solution keeps the problems and everything safe. Because you've got thousands of miners, millions of miners, trying to solve these equations. Hold on a second. It cannot be hacked, okay? It's impossible to hack. I'm not saying it's going to be hacked. They know this. So my point is this is why the value in this is growing, and they understand because there's only 21 million. Full agreement. Full agreement. There has been way more drug dealing and negative crap done with money, and it's done every single day of our lives. Okay? 95% of the world, Steve— doesn't even understand crypto. No, I so get how it. can they commit crimes? But, here, but here's what's happening. Here's what happened. MGM and Caesars got hacked. In our industry. This is, you know, the industry that and I kind of... And that's not crypto. Okay. No, no, but they get hacked. And they... MGM decided not to pay the ransom. Right. Caesars paid the ransom. But it was required that it was paid in crypto. Because it's not traceable. No, right? it is. It's, no, again... Is it, is it traceable or not? It's completely traceable. Well, how did they, how did, how you did can, those? You can actually, well, if they, if they force you to send it in Monero, then it's not. So if they were oh, smart. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know exactly. That's my point. I don't know what was for. I mean, you, no. You, you gave me the three words that I need to hear every single time. I don't know. Well, in that particular so, instance, I didn't so, know. I don't they, know the details of exactly. it. Exactly. If you steal somebody's Bitcoin or Ethereum or or polygon or whatever they can trace your ass everywhere you can't go anywhere it's a mathematical problem that's set and you're taking it with you and it can be detected right but, away and stopped but what's being reported is that caesar's paid because paid in crypto because okay. it wasn't traceable okay well, whatever whatever the requirements of the okay, ransom so, people so, made. so if they wanted it in monero then they paid in monero and then it isn't traceable or they paid it in secret which is another company that has also and and by the way all governments have taken all those coins off of exchanges. Really? Yeah. Again, it's, it's knowledge. It, the, no, most people don't know anything about this. Well, so look, you wouldn't know about this, and I, you wouldn't know that, that if, if you want to deal with Monero, you're going to have the U.S. government right on your ass.
Yes. No, I thought you said it wasn't. It wasn't. Oh, because they're not. They take it off. Yeah, they took it off. Right. Exactly. So if you want to start using Monero, then they're going to go look at you. Why are you using Monero? You know what I mean? Because yeah, the yeah, rest yeah. of us, if you're just doing a regular deal, you don't need to hide anything. You understand? Crypto, yeah, yeah. Bitcoin, Most of the people don't. Most a, people. It's an open ledger. Everything can be seen. Listen, there's no doubt about it. Bigo. The, the, the a year ago, I should have bought it because I saw it in the 20s and I was going to buy it. I said, you know, maybe I'll deviate from my thing, but I didn't want to... I didn't want to put the effort in. A year ago, this has been a little bit of a rough year for me, too. And in, in a year ago, I was like, I got to put all that effort into learning. Maybe I'll just. So if I tell you it's going to be at 104 and it's at 52, does, does it mean anything to you? Uh, it means the same thing. You, what do you, what's your opinion? Your opinion. You've been around it a little. When it do you easily, think it gets to 100? Easily goes over 100 by this time next year. Really? You and I will be sitting here doing this show in February. And Bitcoin will be over a hundred thousand dollars. So you're gonna you're gonna you take your wife out that. to Valentine's Day next year and pay for it in Bitcoin. No, I, <laughs> I already I already told her I'm buying her a car. Oh yeah, at that point, yeah, you'll buy her a car. <laughs> it's much better. Yeah. So I was trying to like put you on the spot there to buy your wife a car or buy or the dinner. I was the car. You you did it yourself. <laughs> Anything and everything I do is for them. There you go. There that's you go. It. That's all. That's all I can do. So uh, yeah. And, so, and by the way, I want to thank uh, Vegas um, because the last two two bets for me. Just were glorious because I had all the people. Oh, Baltimore's going to kill him. Baltimore. Oh, my God. And, what a, and then what a... this one also. So, you know, uh, I just, you know, when I took plus seven in that game. Yeah, that was amazing. I didn't see. I, I, I wasn't looking at it the whole time, but I saw it at five and a half and I grabbed it. Only the, the only thing that tops plus seven with the Chiefs is, uh, you know, a little uh, whoopee here with the lady. That's about <laughs> it. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, I was uh, pretty excited. I was like, really? I get the best player in the world. You're giving me seven and, points. I get a touchdown. With the best coach in the touch, with the best coach in the league. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. So, Let's go. so Let's let go. me move to stay with football, but move to the la on the one last thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got we got my, David Ferone is coming up. Miami Dolphins next year. What do you think they need to do? I, I have some opinions on it, but what do go they ahead. need to do to get from good to great? Because they're good. They're a good team. Um, they they are not great. Right. They can't seem to win the big one. They're not really beating up on anybody that is impressive. You know, I mean, they beat the Cowboys. I guess that was somewhat impressive. But, you know, they kind of. Well, you got, you got it. Mike McDaniel's got to become a better coach. A much, a much better coach. He's the number one problem on this team by far. Like it's Mike McDaniel and then it starts here with other issues. The number wow. one to number two, the drop off is ridiculous. It's not about the. It's not about the defensive coordinator. It's not about the offensive coordinator. I mean, it is about the offensive coordinator. Not about the defensive coordinator. Not about Tua. Not about the O-line. Not about the coaches. Not about the personnel department. All of that stuff works out if the guy on the top actually knows what he's so doing. We the guy at the top constantly makes mistakes. And then the truth is, the last two years, the injury deal has been so yeah, but brutal. You can't bad luck. That. You can't control it. It's bad luck. It's funny. By the way, how come Heat fans... Uh, that are Dolphin fans, you know, after watching Josh Richardson and Terry go down right in the same night, why, why aren't they blaming the Heat trainers now? I don't know. I mean, that's what Dolphin Heat fan does, right? It's interesting. Yeah, that's a shot at you guys. Yeah, anyway, so um, you need some luck on the injuries. Oh, yeah, that's going to that's gonna fall wherever it's going to fall in most instances. I mean, right. most most NFL teams have very good conditioning 
programs. I got to right. believe. I got to believe that. No, no. They have a fantastic one yes. with the Dolphins. That's so, not a problem, dude. So, so it's what, not the turf, which I've heard that silliness too. And it's not the trainers. We've had terrible luck for two years. I mean, you saw a Super Bowl. The guy's running onto the field. He, blows out literally, he was jogging on. Right. You think Jalen <laughs> Phillips has anything to do with our trainers that he's just taken off? It's just freak shit happens. I... Uh, I get a leg injury to a knee injury now. You know what well, I mean? Well, that's it's that's like, what happens. You break, you, you you mess one thing up. You got to be careful side to side. You mess up your right. You mess you, yeah. you, you lean on your left. So so what is so I think, I think that McDaniel has to run the ball more. Yes. I think that's big time. I think he needs to. Well, you know, it just seems like there's something missing in terms of motivating the players too. I don't know if he's. I don't know. Well, here's my problem with that, and, and, and that's the, the third thing that I was going to tell you. The mistakes have to end, and that's his fault, okay? And I hate to say this, but when I watch Spo, when I watch Larinaga, when I watch Riley, when I watch Shula, you know, I can only tell you from my experiences of 50 years of watching sports, when I watched a disciplined good coach, then it falls to the rest of the team. And Mike McDaniel has zero discipline. Yes, there are no up. prices paid for mistakes on a consistent basis. And also, he's the lead dude in mistakes. Can't get plays in on time. That, hurts that happens that the last two years. kills your quarterback. Last that kills two years. your quarterback. You, you, you kills your line, your offense. You can't adjust. you got to go with the play that's thrown in there. If they're ready for it, you're screwed. you got to run it. But now, Big O, think about this. So let's just uh, – I agree with you. Uh, Tyreek Hill drops key footballs. All the lots, time. Lots of times. And there is no price paid for it. Waddle does it too. You know, and a couple of years ago, uh, I'll give Flo credit. He had that wall thing going. And when you screwed up, you had to run the wall and run the wall and run the <laughs> yeah, wall. Something. Shula had gassers. Something. So, some used to make you run the stadium steps. Whatever you, the you, hell it was. You got to know that there's consequences for your mistakes. And, I get it. That's and, sort of and, our society should do that, too. But, but, when, your <laughs> but, coach, but when your coach is a constant screw-up, it's hard to set the example for your players. Because if you're constantly screwing up, then what the hell are your players going to do? All right, so I'm going to paint a picture. I'm going to end it with this. This is horrible way to end it. But So now it's next year. McDaniels improves a little on some things and we go 10 and 10 and 6 or 10 and 7 Did they win in the playoffs and they 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 win the first game and lose the second oh he survives if they win if they lose the first game uh, i don't know about that one that's a tough one yeah well it all depends on how the year went are the same stupid things happening 10 and 7 did you, did 10 you, and 7 and, and lose the first playoff game did you abandon the run did you lose to Tennessee with 14 points yeah. lead with three minutes left? So you know, I, I need to know the the. I'll the, give you the I'll give you the context. The context. The context is it's the same type of year this year. He goes 10 and seven. He's got he's done. And he loses the playoff game. I think that what's his name keeps him. I think the owner. Oh keeps no no him. no no! They fire his ass on the spot. I think the owner keeps him. No, if the same buffoonery continues, I predict they fire him. Wow, ass. I don't know. I think there's yeah, something you, you, about. I think they. I like personally him. think I, I. Everybody like I like him. Yeah, he's, he's a likable guy, and I think the owner I like likes him. him. But he's got to he's got to get responsible. He's like he's like your kid that just left your house, and now he's realizing, oh shit, there's yeah. rent and there's insurance. I got to pay the phone company. And, I got to pay. And, <laughs> yes, and it's not. A, yeah, yeah. There's all that now. Yeah, and he, and you see him as a parent. He's kind of struggling, and you got to kind of guide him, help him, slide him a couple bucks. You know that kind of stuff. McDaniel is still in the dorms. 
Yeah. It, it's, it, it, bro. He, he, yeah, he's not in the real, yeah. La it's, fiesta is over. We but, need you to graduate. We need you to move on. We need la, you to put on the suit and the tie and become the executive. La fiesta is over. La fiesta <laughs> la is fiesta over. La fiesta is over. Even Hialeah, I know that one. <laughs> we're at Hialeah Park, bro. Where the, the fiesta is The fiesta is, is never over. It's never over. <laughs> well, anyhow, I hope it works because I, I'm not feeling it. I think that, I think that McDaniels is, I don't know. Uh, he'll get it. We'll see if he gets it done. But very. I think it's going to be a, a neutral season and another McDaniel's year after that. Boy, am I, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, Next year at Valentine's Day, we got to check about McDaniel's employment and the price of the price of uh, the price of Bitcoin. Oh, hundred grand, hundred grand then. All right, my brother. Appreciate <laughs> Take care, you. man. Be Big good. Time. Remember, Take- Mustang giveaway starts March first. So when you come on down and play the loosest slots in the state of Florida, not South Florida, state of Florida. You get entries every time you play those slots, and you got a chance to win that all-electric um, Mustang. I, we're going to try to win that one, too. You and I got to go play down there. All right. Let's go. She needs a car, actually. So well, be you said you're going to buy her a car. That's a hell of a way to buy her a car. That's, a better, that's better than buying. <laughs> that's a little bit of a risky business there. <laughs> that's a better than buying. It's better than buying. Thank you, my brother. Adios. Appreciate you. All right. Let's uh, switch over. Let's talk a little Dolphins. They introduced Anthony Weaver, defensive coordinator. We go to David Ferronis and our Welt and Realm Miami Dolphins report right now. All rise, football fans. As the Welt and Realm Miami Dolphins report with David Ferronis is in session. Welton Rayom has more than 62 years of litigation experience handling insurance disputes. They are committed to resolving even the toughest insurance claims quickly. Call them for a free consultation. 954-966-4646. Here's Miami Dolphins insider David Ferronis. There he is, locked and loaded and ready to go. How you feeling, my man? You feeling good? Yeah, feeling good. Uh, it was cool to, to um, get to know Anthony Weaver today. And um, I can tell you, you, you can tell uh, why he's a guy that's up for head coaching jobs and he was yeah. interviewed. He just presents yeah. himself very well. So you really get that sense of, of, of why and who he is. Yeah, the presence uh, yeah. R- right away, the intelligence <clears throat> on how he approaches things. It's not so um, Neanderthal coach-like. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm saying? Who are you talking about? Uh, No, no, I'm not specific. I'm saying in general, there are some coaches that are just about rah-rah and intensity. All this, There's an intelligent approach to him, you know, that I really liked uh, overall. Again, to me, by the way, this will be a third year in a row, and I probably won't have a problem with him either. My problem's more on the offensive side. It's not the defense anyway when it's all said and done. But one of the things, and as I told you, he's not going to tell you what kind of defense they're going to play. He just kept it very general and all that kind of stuff. But I love that he's going to stay multiple with Jalen Ramsey and all of that. And I think that's very important. To me, the fact that he didn't sell, oh, no, but I have a scheme, and then we'll get everybody to fit. No, he talked more about adjusting to everything that has to go on, whether it's in a game or your talent or whatever it is. That's one of the things I did like, that it looked like it was an open approach to how he's going to defend. 
Yeah, that was one thing that I know you were really hoping for. I think a lot of fans were really hoping for that. He was going to be, wanted to be multiple, wanted to be flexible. Uh, he said that what the Ravens were doing under Mike McDonald will be at the foundation of, of what he will do as defensive coordinator. So I think when I talked about just getting some answers, that's more so what I was looking for is just something, the foundation. Is he going to be more like the aggressive style when he ran his own defense in 2020 with the Texans, or is it going to be more of uh, the, the two high safeties like he has had under Mike McDonald with the Ravens and not not so much like what Wink Martindale did over there. Uh, so I, I think he, we got that answer, but then that he will also be flexible. Uh, so maybe he's willing to be versatile with his blitz rate. He talked a little bit about that that uh, it's not to be reckless with it. He's been under both systems, the guys that just blitz all the time or uh, the guys that take a, a very metered approach to it. So I think they'll still be sort of in line with what uh, they were already doing. So some of the continuity is there, but just more open to being flexible, which is what you want to see out of a guy. And especially with Jalen Ramsey, I know that had to be music to everyone's ears. Yeah, yeah. He, he is willing to move him around. He doesn't want to just keep him on one side, that that's going to be a disservice to him. So uh, he really opposed what uh, Vic Fangio was doing just last year with him, uh, which is uh, is something that you like to hear. And by the way, speaking of the ogre of uh, Vic Fangio, um, the other thing that I loved about Anthony Weaver, you guys asked him, will he be in the booth or will he be in the sidelines? And when his, uh, his answer about talking on the sidelines, I'm not a booth guy, uh, and, and when I'm listening to him, okay, because that's the part that's super impressive about Anthony Weaver is listening to him is that you want that on the sidelines. Why? Because he's a communicator and apparently, you know, the old, the old geezer isn't that much of a communicator. He's just kind of an ogre. That's going to tell you what to do and doesn't really necessarily care about what you have to say about it. Whereas Anthony Weaver is going to communicate with guys. He's going to tell them what he wants, but he's probably also going to listen to at the same time to then correct that or enforce some of that and say reinforce some of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? But I really love the approach, and that's because he has the personality and the communication <coughs> skills to keep it downstairs. I like that. Right. And he said he needs to feel what's going on in the game. Yeah. So, like you said, he, he's not – it's not like you're coaching on, on Madden where you just uh, you, you got your players and you, you, you have them doing this and that. You, you pick a play and then and you just watch it unfold. No, I mean, coaches that, that are upstairs, they have their reasons. Like, you know, Vic Fangio, he wants to get the all-22 view of things. and But uh, it, it just speaks to the different style of coach that uh, he is uh, collaborative in that sense, that he's getting the feel for what the players are seeing, getting it in real time. So it's not like it takes an extra layer of communication with, say, under Fangio, um, a linebackers coach, Anthony Campanelli, would have to tell him something that he's seeing, get it upstairs to Vic Fangio, and then Vic Fangio makes an adjustment based off of that. You know, it's his own observation that he's seeing in his players. He could hear it from his players. He could take that information and then make uh, on-the-spot adjustments based on whatever needs to be done, whatever he feels needs to be done. So, uh, yeah, I mean, different coaches have their reasons for the, their different styles, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I like that he, he is in tune with what's uh, what's going on in the field and gets that feel for it. He's a communicator, bro, and that's yeah. kind of what they want on this staff. You know what I mean? And, you know, the old man was probably set in his ways and wasn't the same, wasn't as communicative or wasn't, let's say, uh, wasn't uh, jiving well with the rest of the staff. You know what I mean? So now you've got a guy that these two can relate to each other. You know, and I always tell – I've told this story many times over because fans and sometimes media – 
mistaken this about a coach. And, oh, well, dude, he's been fired six times. He's been all these teams. Yeah, dude, you're looking at it the wrong way. They keep hiring because they like him. He's not the problem where they got fired. You know, more often than not, a lot of people end up going with, you know, staff changes. And you end up losing your job because you're part of a staff change. Yeah, every once in a while it'll be individually, you know, uh, the Steve Wilkes situation, which I think was completely unfair. But, you know, sometimes that's going to happen. Okay, fine. But a lot of times you're going to be part of an entire staff that you're let go and you change. And we had terrible experiences with two guys that had never been fired. And that was Joe Philbin and Brian Flores. Why? They were hired by one franchise and they were only working in one franchise. So they knew nobody. And that coach that has bounced around all over, like McDaniel, like Weaver, like others, like Bevel, they, those are your best coaches. Those are the coaches that get to know other systems, other players, uh, you know, other ways of doing things. And that's how they become better coaches. The guy that's stuck in only the Patriot way or the Packer way, that may not fly for him because he hasn't learned from other people because there's more to it. You know what I mean? And then the other thing is when you hire those kind of guys, they can't find other options. Here's McDaniel. He found a guy, uh, what was it, 2009 was the last time that these two guys worked. That's 15 years ago, dude. You know, that's that, th this is why you want these kind of coaches, the ones that have bounced around. They are actually and usually your best coaches. Yeah, and the turnover rate in the NFL is so high anyway where, like you said, just because he's bounced around different places, that doesn't mean he was at fault in, in any place. It's just all right, somewhere along the line, whether it's a head coach, which a lot of them just last three, maybe four seasons in a spot, mm -hmm. it's not working out. They kick you to the curb, they move on, and then is a trickle-down effect of every position uh, beyond that. And, and then the same thing goes with coordinators. Some of them might be going to a promotion. Some of them might be uh, – yeah, some of them might be fired. But then it's a trickle-down of, okay, someone might have uh, their position, like him coaching D-line somewhere, uh, all doing the right things, but then it, other parts of the defense didn't work out, whatever the case may be, and someone was let go – and then now the next guy isn't going to retain him. Like, it's not like every single coach that the Dolphins had that's not being retained is at fault. It's just there's been a coaching change, and now Anthony Weaver is bringing in his own guys. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say uh, in the future, oh, Anthony Campanelli, he was, uh, you know, Sam Madison, all these guys, Ronaldo Hill aren't coming back with the Dolphins, and now that's a negative on their the rest of their their career. No, it's just now Anthony Weaver's bringing in his own guys. Who had, he uh, spoke um, uh, vibrantly about all, all his new hires, whether it's Joe Barry, Ryan Crow, all these all these coaches, uh, um, Brian uh, Duker, uh, the, the new uh, the new secondary coach. So I mean now. It's a, just a new system, a new coach, and then he's going to bring in his guys. So, yeah, it's, you don't you don't fault a guy. And those those coaches, like Mike McDaniel is one of them. I mean, he just spent one year in Cleveland, and then he ends up on the same staff as as Weaver here. Same as with the uh, the new secondary coach, Duker. Duker was an intern on that staff. So then you right. build all these different connections, whereas, okay, Flores was just Patriot way the whole time. Philbin came in from the Packers. Um, so... Uh, maybe didn't get a lot of different uh, views of things. And Weaver can use that to his advantage right. in that uh, being more flexible, going back to this original point, we just came full circle with it, where now he has seen different systems and can utilize them to whatever needs to be done with the personnel, with, as 
in, injuries occur and different guys are in and out of the lineup, uh, how to best maneuver. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. All right, what else stood out to you in this uh, interview with Weaver? Yeah, I mean, uh, the way he presented himself, uh, for sure, uh, you just see uh, why how important uh, player development is and how he would communicate the same way, probably, to a player that he was speaking to. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's a better fit for uh, just uh, interacting with players uh, of today because uh, he was a player just really, I mean, not that long ago, early 2000s, a, a career that spanned 02 to 08, and then goes into coaching right after. So sort of that uh, young 40 and then his lower 40s age range, uh, I, I just feel like, yeah, he'd be a nice fit with uh, the players of today. He, he feels like it's not that big of a difference when he played to uh, to what he sees now, uh, where, uh, what was his quote? It was like, uh, uh, oh, yeah. you, you coach him hard and love him up, and, right. and, the, and the players will respond. Right. So uh, I, I really like like that approach those two things are very key i i i believe that that kind of approach is huge in football it is huge in football there's no doubt i think that's why andy reed gets great reception from his players because he's kind of like that too you know like yeah he's a hard ass and he wants things done right but at the same time he's the guy that's gonna keep things a little loose and and communicate with you and talk and be a human being you know what i mean and and he's had a lot of you know stuff go on in his life too personally so he's he's a guy that's developed some patience and understands that he's not that ogre you know neanderthal stereotypical football coach which that just doesn't fly in today's world uh, the other thing, by the one way, more thing. okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. One more thing. Another thing that stood out. Um, and now we're going to overanalyze him just uh, reeling off player names. But uh, he started talking about how uh, this Dolphins defense, he's talking about the players that he, that, uh, he has to work with. And he goes, well, just at every level, they have players. He starts naming players. And then he starts with, so he's going to the D line. He starts with Zach Sealer. Hasn't said Christian Wilkins yet. Says the edge rushers, Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb. Then kind of catches himself, and, 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 and I'm assuming a little bit in how he went back to. Then he says Christian Wilkins. Okay, so it's interesting. He named I tell you, man. I tell you, man. Mind. Come on. He's going Jim Phillips, Bradley Chubb. Then he says Christian Wilkins. Uh, then then he goes to inside linebackers David Long. You know the off ball linebacker. He didn't say Jerome Baker though. Uh, Javon Holland, so he gets to the safety, and then he says uh, Jalen Ramsey as he gets to the corner. Didn't say Xavier Howard, so maybe in that he's hinting. Now then later he he um, uh, cleaned it up and said, hey, and I know there's guys I'm forgetting. I apologize to all of them. I mean, he's just reeling off player names that come to his head uh, on the spot, but uh, maybe it's Christian interesting. Wilkins is one, Christian Wilkins is one of the most known players in the Miami Dolphins. Right. But yeah, but and then so he still did catch him and, and say his name and um and mention that you know he loves coaching good players and that he wants that good player back. So um and but he ended it with uh we'll see. So he um, go sort of he go. <laughs> I mean it, it, he's been gone. I've been telling people he's been gone for a while, bro. You, unfortunately, you're going to have to make some tough decisions, and I, I think those are some of them. Uh, you've got to do some things to open up space for Patrick Queen. That's the part you're not understanding, but that's all right. Don't worry about it. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. You, you, you're you, here first if Patrick Queen ends up on the Dolphins. Yeah, I, you know, it's, uh, it's just one of those things. Patrick Queen and David Long in the middle. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, they kind of, David Long and Patrick Queen kind of play the same kind of mentality. Except Patrick Queen's a better player, but, you know, but still, it's David Long's, David Long did a nice job last year. I think that's going to be good. And by the way, it, it doesn't hurt that uh, we, a lot of people live here. 
He's been a Fort Lauderdale residence uh, since 2009, yeah. huh? Yeah, yeah. That, that was a, a new nugget uh, revealed today. Uh, so uh, he, he said that home that he bought in 2009, his then girlfriend, now wife, helped him pick it out. Uh, but it's not big enough now for his, uh, his for his family. Now he has two kids. So he's actually going to be selling it now that he's living here. In, oh, he's going to make a fat-ass profit from 2009? Oh, yeah, yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> Good man. for him, bro. Good what was him. I doing in 09? I should have bought property oh, while well, I was still in college. <laughs> I was early in college. You so should have bought Bitcoin no last year at 16000 is what you should have done. That's what you should yeah. have done. Yeah. You know, I watched that price, and I, and I contemplated, and I, and I never pulled the trigger. Man, am I regretting it now? <laughs> well, we tried to tell you. Man, you know, we do that on this show here. We try to tell you things are happening. You know, you don't want to hear that Brian Floyd is going to get fired, but we kind of tell you, you know, these are things that just happen. And then, you know, so we warn you. We warn you about Bitcoin. Warn you. I, I gave folks injective protocol, who's at like $36 now. I gave you injective protocol in August of 2022 at $1.43. That's 2,000% rise, my brother. 2,200 to be exact. 2,200%. So, All right, Big O, what are you on now then? What are you, let, let me know what I can get into right now. <laughs> you, you, uh, if you want for real, if, uh, I'm not a financial advisor. I always tell that people first and foremost. Okay, I still think Polygon's at a good price at 88 cents. I still think Adam at 1029 is a is a very good bargain. I think H bar at eight cents is a steal. I think uh, the feds are going to use H bar. The feds, no matter what people in the government tell you and all that stuff, they're all going to be involved. Crypto, Web3, Bitcoin, um, DeFi, that's all going to be a part of our everyday lives is what people don't understand. Um, I still think um, Polkadot at 770 is a hell of a deal. I told you about Avalanche when it was at 8 and $10. It's at 41 now, my brother. I told you about Immutable X when it was $0.44. Cents. It's at $3.17. You know, so uh, people that listen to our, my show, they're all making money. They're all making money. This week... Uh, we have gotten them with Neutron. We've been talking about Neutron for the last couple of months. And Neutron in the last week is up 68%. You're killing it. We told you about Kryptonite. Kryptonite in the last week, my brother, up 50%. So, you know, it's just uh, up. I, I think Ethereum is still at a beautiful uh, buying zone where it's at right now because it's going to pop to 4,800 very soon. And yeah, right, I saw it's been going up. So, it's been so. going. It's been going up. It's been going up. Ethereum right now is in the twenty eight hundred range. It was at twenty nine hundred, uh, but it was down, hanging around twenty four, twenty five for a while. Uh, when this thing pops, it's going to pop to four thousand quickly. So some of you will get close to doubling your money. You'll probably get about about seventy percent value out of that investment there. Uh, I think Ethereum in the end of this bull run ends between seven and ten thousand dollars. Ethereum, a friend of mine uh, gave it to me, and uh, he uh, and then it was rising. I bought it kind of high, but then I bought, then it dipped, and I bought the dip, uh, and then I was, and then it rose back up. Now I sold it uh, because then I was pleased with the profits I made. And I just said, all right, let me get out in right. case it dips again. But it's only uh, gone up some more since then. 
Right. Um, yeah, you should have been listening a year ago, a year and some ago when it was at 900 and 1,000. I was telling everybody. Oh, yeah, I bought around you know, that range. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You'll never get it. Like you, I told everybody you'll never get it at that range again because the, the floor it had before that was in the 16700 range. And so it was going to go above that, and it certainly did. It went to 1900 and 2000 and kind of hung there for a while. And now it went up to the 23, 2500 range, and it hung there for a while. Now it's going up closer to the 3000, and we're going to have a pump soon where it's going to go well over 4000. You'll see. So um, I'm just saying, bro, we, we give them to you. If you take them, go ahead. Good luck to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the, the ones that already went up, then I worry that uh, I missed it. So Well, actually, uh, I'll give you, eh, see, mm -hmm. here you go. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, Sailor, which is called Kryptonite. Uh, it is Sailor, the, the acronym for it. Um, it is the D5 uh, platform for the Sage blockchain. And it was at 15 cents. It found the floor at 15 cents. It went into this dip that we just had, and it went all the way down to four. Okay, I never got to buy it at four cents. I ended up buying it initially, I think it was like nine or 10 cents, and then it went up to 15. So I was making a profit. When it went all the way down, what do you think I did? I loaded absolutely up, all right? Once it, once it went under that nine and hit eight, I started loading up, buying and buying all the way down to four cents. Now it's up to 8.4 cents. It was at 10 just a couple of hours ago. Do you think it's gonna get back to 10? Yeah. Do you think it's going to get back to 15? Yeah. Do you think it's going to get past 15? Hell yeah. So if it's going to go back to 15 and it's at 8.4 cents, you got a chance to double your, your money there. Plus, I think it's going to go up even more than that, but I'm just saying in the short term, it's going to go green. You know what I mean? So there's one that you can look at. I'm definitely at. playing this back later and, and, and comparing it to and going on Robin Hood and, and checking what I can uh, get into. All you have to do is go on my Twitter page. If you follow my Twitter page, oh yeah, I post every time something's on a low. When Pendle was down to $1.34, $1.31, I told everybody, you got to jump on it, got to jump on it. It's over $3 now. You know what I mean? So I always tell you when I think... It's going to, hey, this is a bottom. This is an, a time where you buy because I'm doing the same thing. I'm not doing something that you, I'm not telling you to do something that I'm not doing. You know what I mean? So I kind of look at it the same way. I don't talk about coins that I don't invest in that much. I may know about some of them and I may like them or not, but I'm not, I don't go heavy into that because I'd rather talk about the stuff that I'm invested in because I know about it thoroughly. You know what I mean? So it's really all about doing, investments are all about doing your homework and understanding yeah. what it's all about. And the problem is most people don't understand crypto, which for me is a beautiful thing because I'm able to take advantage of it. So it's, it. yeah, it. yeah, it, it yeah. won't be as fun for me when the rest of the world uh, lives on the blockchain because the blockchain is, you know, the blockchain is the new internet. You understand that, right? You understand that? Do you know that at all, David? Uh, I'm not privy to this. Okay, so <laughs> what, what Cardano, let me, let me give you a little education. What mm -hmm. Cardano, and Bitcoin and Polygon and Ethereum and all that, what they are, are cities, okay? The blockchain is a highway, the internet, that is going to connect all of these things. And okay. so Hylia Park will be on Cardano. Uh, um, what's it called? Amazon is already on Avalanche. So everybody's going to the blockchain. Why? Because it's the secured internet. It's where you can actually protect your business, protect your rights, protect your logo, protect your music, all of that kind of stuff. 
everything can be protected on the blockchain. And so it's the new internet. And it's, it's, it's like credit cards. They laughed at credit cards. Go, go on YouTube and go find an old video of somebody laughing at credit. Oh, these things will never work. Oh, the internet, it's a joke. Now you make your life on the internet. What people don't realize is that the blockchain is the new internet. And all of these companies that are being built, Avalanche and Cosmos and all that, these are the things that are going to house all these businesses. So where you make your FPNL payment, it's going to be on one of these blocks that are there. And that's what, the, that's, what, that's what crypto is, what people don't understand. They just look at meme coins and all the stupid shit. They don't actually understand the real world usage that's actually being put in place for all of this stuff. But they will understand in the next two to four, five years where mass adoption takes over and everybody tokenizes everything that they do because that's the way we're going. So. Yeah, I'll admit I I was in on that Dogecoin and and then just love how it shot up and then and then sold that got a, got a little profit. Yeah, also, there, there, there's there's Doge now and there's yeah. believe it or not there's one called Cocking You. There's one called uh, Kulo. There's uh, no serious seriously yeah. serious. Uh, there's uh, there's all kinds of meme coins. I I don't get into the meme coins because it's not a real investment. That's that's yeah, a real gamble. Yeah. That's a real gamble. Whereas uh, when I look at VeChain, and they're up 40% today, uh, when I look at VeChain, I know exactly what the real world usage is and what companies are tied to them. Oh, Range Rover is with them. Oh, that's interesting. Louis Vuitton is with them. Oh, Purdue Chicken, Walmart, Amazon. Oh, really interesting. They're all using VeChain. Oh, I wonder why. And so VeChain runs a program that is for inventory control. And they created it for China in the first place because a lot of their food is getting rotten because there's so many people in China and there's so much food being moved around. Sometimes they don't know where they put the crates. And by the time they go back to the crates, all the food was rotten and done. So what they're doing now is everything's being tagged by this thing that allows them to track everything from where it was created to where it's distributed to where it is sold. And when you buy your Louis Vuitton bag, VeChain will allow you to search your bag, how it came out of the out of the factory to the distributor, right to your retailer and into your and into your hands. And these are the things that people don't understand because they have not taken the time to actually find out what crypto is, what the blockchain is, what DeFi is, what even Bitcoin is. And that's our problem. We have a ton of ignorance right now. And until we get over that hump, Everybody will look at the internet like it's side-eyed. You're, you're too young for this, but back then, bro, people were looking at the internet like, oh, yeah, that's a joke. That'll never last, this, that, whatever. And here we are. So, you know, it's just kind of the same stuff. That's yeah. all, all, I, all, I, all I ever ask people is do your homework, study. The, the, the person I can't stand is the moron that looks at me and says, oh, it's a scam. Okay, so tell me why it's a scam. Oh, I just heard it's a scam. Okay, great. Get out of here. You know what I mean? And so, you know, it's just, it's kind of sad because what I don't like is there's a lot of people out there that could be making a lot of money from this and they could be a part of something brand new. And once it, it really takes over, that's when regret takes over. That's when, when Bitcoin hits 75 and 80, that's when the, the FOMO begins. And oh my God, I got to get in now. 
You mm. didn't want to get in at 16 or 20? Yeah, you missed it now. Yeah, now you're buying high. Now you're buying you're high, high, you know? Low, low so high. That, that, that's the one thing I know that, for sure. Right. You buy oh, high, you panic, you get a dip, and you end up losing money because you oh, like yeah, to yeah, sell yeah. it. You know. I'm not that kind of investor. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got in. This is my fourth year. When I got in, it was the back end of the last cycle. I didn't know what I was doing because I had just gotten in. And so then I had to kind of learn and find my feet and my, and my grounding here and understand what's going on and why, why, what, what, what is this? What is that? What, what, what usage does this have? Who is partnering with this? What companies are involved? You know, and then when you start to find out about all of this and then you, the, the people with money, the people with power are the ones that are doing this? Come on, bro. That's all you need to know, right. <laughs> you know? So, by the way, I, yeah, I, I love this tangent that we went on. We could call it the Walton Ram order in the court uh, <laughs> segment here in our Dolphins. Uh, yes, sir. Session. Yes, sir. All right, what do you got going on the Sentinel so folks can check you out? Yeah, I just uh, posted uh, a lot of what we talked about with Anthony Weaver, and last couple of days, uh, I finally put up a. a I feature on Anthony Schwartz, uh, South Florida kid who signed on a futures contract. So uh, Speedster has been with the Browns and was on the practice squad last year. We'll get a chance to make the team. Also analyze whether uh, Chase Claypool or Robbie Chosen, uh, what their prospects are in a Dolphins wide receiver room that will have uh, some spots open with a lot of free agents and and more Anthony Weaver content uh, to come. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Follow him on Twitter, David Ferronis underscore. Appreciate you, my brother. We will uh, talk uh, next weekend. Have a, next week. Have a great weekend. Great weekend, sir. Thank you. Welt and Rayom, bankruptcy, homeowner property damage, condo damage, criminal defense, personal injury, commercial litigation, business owner claims. WRFLALaw.com is the website. They can help anybody here in South Florida. Even in Florida, it doesn't matter. One of our listeners in Orlando called him, man. Listen, call Jeff Welt. The consultation's free. So you don't know if you have a case. You think you have a case. You might have a case. You have an idea of it. Well, ask the professional. I'm not the guy. I'm not the lawyer. I can't answer that, but Jeff can. Jeff is fantastic. And by the way, his crypto bags are growing. 954-966-4646. I told Jeff Welt he needs a weight belt for those crypto bags. That's how heavy they're getting. It's like Brooklyn Rob. Brooklyn Rob, is his, his crypto bags are so heavy, he's got two people carrying them now. At this point, it's amazing. No, but seriously, call Jeff Welt, Daniel Rayom, 954-966-4646. One guy's a stunt pilot. The other guy loves his rock and roll. That's why I love Jeff, because he and I talk a lot of music, too. 954-966-4646. By the way, he's a longtime suffering Dolphins and Hurricanes fan, okay? So, Welt and Rayom. <laughs>